You're listening to the Self Love Series brought to you by Sports and Social Mind. In each episode, we will be joined by some of Ireland's inspiring female minds. This week, our host, Hannah Nash, is joined by model, dancer and artist, Talia Heffernan. Hello, Hello. my dear. How are you doing? Uh, I'm so excited to chat to you. Thank you so much for coming live with us. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having (laughs) me. You're very kind. Oh, no, stop. You are just absolutely incredible. I have so much I want to pack into this conversation with you. I know, oh, already. <laughs> but oh, no, first my is going to be this big by the end of this conversation. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, I can promise that. I can <laughs> promise that. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us as part of the South Club series here on Social Mind, where we're talking to so many different Irish women about so many different important topics, particularly now in all these different lockdowns. We want to start bringing conversations together, bringing people together and just feel all the good vibes. And that's what I just have a feeling this conversation is already going to be about. So, yeah. <laughs> all for this. Let's all for it. All for this. I know the issue is how we're going to like get off the conversation, but that's something for a little bit later on. <laughs> but Talia, you tell me, would you just like introduce yourself for a little bit and tell, tell us for anyone who's watching or listening later, who are you? Um, well, who am I? My name is Talia. I am uh, a model by profession. I'm from Dublin. Um, been working for 15 years in the modeling industry. I'm like, I- I'm coming near my, my sell by date. I'm 25 or 26 now. I feel like an L one. But um, no, I, yeah, I mean, I've done some TV work. Mainly though, I do model for a living. Um, that's it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked to, that this even happens, that people want to talk to me. So um, you're going to have to direct the conversation because I'm just like, I'm just me. <laughs> I don't really know what uh, else to say. Yeah, well, you see, and this, this is what I think you're so great is that you're so humble and you're just like, like, there's so many people here. And when I put out to my friends that I was talking to you, they were like, have so many different questions I want to ask me about. And I was like, let's wait. <laughs> I only have so much time. But I guess... You know, you said you just there that you have been modeling since you were 15. So that's like yeah. 10 years. Like, how yeah. has the industry changed over the last 10 years? Oh, I got a huge amount. Like, <laughs> the industry now compared to when I started are like chalk and cheese. They're completely different places. And, like, I'd say 99.9% for the good. So um, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful to still be in the industry, <laughs> to be honest at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm very lucky to have experienced the industry in so many different countries. Um, because mm-hmm. even town to town and small in small, small little villages like in Germany and stuff, the industry changes completely to to what it is in Berlin or, for example, like Berlin. Um, so yeah, I mean, the industry in certain countries hasn't changed a huge amount, but from what I've experienced, thankfully, uh, recently, definitely, there's been a huge shift. Um, towards a much more positive lifestyle and mindset um, and just a more positive message in general. So, yeah, I'm glad to be still involved in it when I can see it being a little bit more of a, a good place to be. Yeah, no, it's just like, you know, when having experienced it from such a young age, like I can just imagine, like not only are you growing, but the industry is growing and changing and trying to keep up with all that. And like, then you have the role of social media and that has been a huge factor on the modeling industry. Have you felt that as much or how has that been for you? Uh, not so much, funnily. Um, 
I remember the first casting I went to where they asked for your Instagram followers. I mean, that was about four or five years ago in London. And up wow. until then, Instagram just wasn't a thing. Like, particularly in my job, it was just like, we used it to take photos and put it up. We didn't ever use it for our careers. So I remember sitting there in the casting being like, looking at the other girls going, shit, how many followers does she have? That was the first time I was anxious about the amount of followers I, I needed to have. But it's never really, my job has always been modeling in real life as opposed to Instagram <laughs> modeling, which are two very different things. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm very lucky to have started in that avenue and I kind of remain in that avenue. Um, <laughs> my Instagram now is mainly my dogs. So I don't really think I use which it I love. for my platform. Which I love. <laughs> <laughs> that's the wholesome content we want. <laughs> yeah, that's just me. Like that's just my content is just, my life is my dogs and food and a glass of wine every now and again. My life doesn't really revolve around my career, but there's definitely obviously overlaps with my job. But um, no, I'm very lucky that most of my work is in, well, was in person nowadays, not so much, but hopefully, fingers crossed, when this vaccine gets rolled out, it'll be back again. Same. Amazing. And I think what you mentioned there is like, you know, there, there's actually so much to you. And I think as women, we can sometimes be quite like, one-dimensional whereas like when I was like looking into you it's like you're not solely a model you're like a dancer you're an artist you're a dog mom you're all these different things dog and it's first. like you know everything else dog mom first. But yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> and there's just there's so much different things to you and I just think like you know when we when we're talking about self-love for the self-love series it's like you know, you have, there's, there's so many things in your DSPCA ambassadorship and all these different things that are clearly very important to you as well. Um, I just think it's so important to highlight there is so much to you that is just so interesting. So hopefully we get to dive into a little bit of it. You're so um, I don't want to do it myself. I'm like, I need to leave for a minute and dab my eyes. Allergies. I, I know, I know, I know. We're, we're only 10 minutes in. We're only five minutes, whatever, <laughs> 10 minutes in. Well, but what, one thing that came up quite a bit and I was, you know, looking back on your social media and I, I saw that you were, you're speaking to it a bit and it was something about kind of like the whole body image, photo shopping, kind of photo correction that has started to happen on social media. And you've been very kind of upfront and honest with what you share, how you share it. And I would just love to hear a little bit more about your opinion on that. Uh, I think it's come from many different avenues. I think mm -hmm. you see it a lot. You don't have to be in my mm -hmm. shoes to just go on Instagram and see that girls are manipulating themselves in completely unnatural ways. Um, at least most of it is done on a phone, but a lot of people are doing it in real life as well, which I find, I mean, I mean each of their own. I have nothing against plastic surgery at all, but if you're manipulating yourself for someone else's benefit or for Instagram's benefit, then you need to really, really evaluate yourself. Um, yeah. I think with my job though, I remember the first time I really noticed Photoshop. I was in Australia and I did a big campaign for this clothing store brand. And, you know, my face was on billboards, it was on this in-store and I was walking and going, this is really exciting. And then I saw the picture and they photoshopped my eyes to be what, like electric blue. And it was just this really bizarre thing where I looked at myself and I went, it just looks like my sis, like a sister of me. It doesn't, didn't look like me, it was like this, they used me as the model, but they manipulated me to be what they wanted me to be as opposed to looking like myself. And I think since then, like that was years ago, I think since then I've kind of always been quite against aggressive Photoshop to try and change myself for others as opposed to myself. Because um, at the end of the day, 
I'm the one who has to look in the mirror. I'm the one who has to see what I look like without makeup on on a bad day when, you know, the dogs are rolled in fox shit and I have to clean them up. You know, that, that's the person I am. I'm not the girl who's on covers all the time. So yeah. I do, of course, I understand the Photoshop and my job particularly isn't like a necessary thing. You know, they have to change lighting. They have to change exposure. There's, there's parts of it that are um, necessary for the art form to work. But I think when it comes to manipulating your own figure or your own face, it can become toxic very quickly. Um, so that's why I avoid it because I just don't, I don't want to portray that toxic message any more than I kind of already have to do with my job. You know, there's a give and take a little bit, but I obviously try my best yeah. to be as transparent as, as I can. Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely like, and it's 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 so great to hear your honesty. And that's like, as mod, like what modeling is like, you have to. There'll, there'll be some things where like you have to fix the lighting or the contrast yes. or the warmth or whatever, and like that is part of what the industry is. But there is that kind of fine line between altering someone's body shape and altering yes. the lighting. And I just think it's incredible. And I think one thing that you, you mentioned there, the kind of toxicity of it. And it's like, you know, the kind of, I think comparison, particularly between women and particularly online is so, it honestly breaks my heart because it's like, we're yeah. looking to these people and we're like, oh my God, she's so gorgeous. And then does she even look like her? Or it, none of it even matters. It's like, but it's just so damaging for your yourself. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, and like, we would all look to you on covers and billboards. and like, oh my God, this girl, she's, stunning but you're you're like yeah I still have to clean up my dogs you know when they're rolling around in like oh, oh shit like you I know? don't look like this all the time like as in yeah. Ryan will vouch my boyfriend will vouch for that like as in the person he sees at work and the person he sees at home are very different people and I think you have to remember that when you see every model when you see every actress yes there are obviously people in the world that are just ridiculously good looking but they also have bad days no one always looks their best you know we can't all walk around looking our very best every day so there is a fine line with comparing yourself to an image or trying to compare yourself to a person i don't condone any of that behavior i think that comparison is the thief of joy try your best to avoid it but we all do it i mean that's what social media thrives off it, it pits people against each other and that's where all of this comes from but there is also that you know healthy level of comparison where you look at someone and you go God, her skin is great. I might start following her skin routine or, you know, she looks really fit. I might, I don't want to be as skinny as her or her, as muscular as her, but I will start to do things to better myself because I want it. So there is obviously a positive light about com like comparing yourself or seeing someone and being inspired by them. And then there's also yeah. the more negative one where you go, well, I don't look like that, so I'm not good enough. But no one looks like that. Like Instagram is not real. Yeah. You know, Vogue is not real. Yeah images aren't real like if you saw the lighting setup on some jobs I'm on you'd be stunned it's like standing on the surface of the sun of course I'm gonna look better like there's no features left you know yeah. <laughs> so it's, I love not, it. it's not all you know sunshine and roses you just have to remember that nobody looks like they do online sadly yeah. I wish we did. We yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's just, it's so refreshing to hear that because it's like, you know, and like, and particularly when, and like the last few months we're all on our phones more and everyone has, seems to be living this life that's surprisingly better than our own. But it's like, it's so important to hammer home like the highlight real thing. And what you're just saying is like, not even the people on the cover of Vogue look like the people on the cover of Vogue. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's okay. But it's when the comparison comes in and I think, you know, another, like, the, the kind of thing that comes in quite a lot is, like, 
when you're in this industry and I'd love to hear like how female friendships work in the kind of modeling media industry because like you know I just think it's really interesting how we would compare we as in the normal people of the world <laughs> would compare ourselves to you and are like oh my god I just would love to look like her I'd love to be here on the cover but then I'd say the industry in itself probably has a lot of different has to deal with comparison in a different way maybe well the industry is funny and unless yeah. you're in it it's very hard to explain without it sounding completely mental because <laughs> like you I could go say to an agency in New York and they could turn me down based solely on the fact that there's a girl on their books that looks like me so what's the point in them having two of us so that is a thing in our job where and particularly with castings like if you get a direct casting the client will request a certain look so for me mm -hmm. say long dark hair light eyes mm -hmm. that would be the thing mm -hmm. so we have maybe six seven hundred girls going to this casting but they're all in the same kind of bracket so when you're going on instagram and you're comparing yourself to some beautiful armenian girl on a beach in dubai and you're like that's a lifestyle i can't obtain or when you're like me and you're going to a job and there's we're all vague we're all trying to get the one job but they're all just like variants of good looking people that kind of look like you but are better so it's a funny one where you're like okay you're comparing yourself to people in real life who are looking for the same job as you so it does it takes a few knocks you know you end up um experiencing experiencing some things that you probably shouldn't um but it definitely makes you a stronger person and i think i don't think i'd be who i am without it so i am very grateful for the experiences I've had. And I will continue to have, like, I mean, my career is by no means over. So I know once COVID is over, I'm going to be hitting the ground running. Um, but it is, I have to remind myself daily, as much as everyone else does, I think even more so now, um, we all have to remind ourselves that what we see is not necessarily what is actually happening or what is real life. So um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. It's a mad world. Yeah. I'm mad. It's a, yeah, in general, yeah. Every, it's just mental. But I think, I think it's something you talk a, a bit about and you've been very open about in the past is kind of, you know, like, like I can't even imagine being 15 and going into this world and working so intensely for four, like for 10 years and like pretty hit the ground running. And it's like, you've spoken quite openly about kind of the mental health effects of this and the kind of isolation at times. Mm. And I just think, you know, it would be incredible if you could, to like talk as open yeah. as you'd feel comfortable about how that's sure. been over the last few months or over the last 10 years I think it would people will get a lot from it oh for sure I mean my job is a very very lonely job people don't realize like we don't have the luxury of a nine-to-five people give out that we you know you know oh you've never had a nine-to-five which I have had in my in my in my old <laughs> in my golden days I did but um people think because I don't have a nine-to-five that my life is glamorous that I get on flights all the time and you know, I'm in new countries every day. It's all very exciting. But at the end of the day, I don't have a network. I don't have someone who I know is going to be at their desk every morning that I can talk to. Um, I don't have, you know, someone who can give me a lift to work and I can just go and see them after work. And I know I'm going to finish at this time and get home to my partner and my dogs. That's not my life. My life is, my, like, my passport has to be at the front door because at any given moment, I could be on a flight somewhere. And I don't know for how long. I don't know who I'm going to be with. I don't know if there's going to be a language barrier on set, which there often is. Um, you know, so I spend a hell of a lot of time sitting in a bedroom of someone else in someone else's house that I'm renting out for the night, uh, just trying not to annoy the family that I'm staying, you know, whose house I'm staying in that I don't know. It's not glamorous. Like model apartments, 
the ones I've been in consist of bunk beds and camp foldouts in this beautiful house. But it's like an apartment within the house. And there's like 20 girls in this one tiny apartment with like two pots and pans and an empty fridge. That is the reality of my life. It's not like, you know, I'm out every night and getting wined and dined. I mean, you can do that, but that's not how I've ever really been. So, yeah, I mean, I spent most of my teenage years on my own, um, which is great because I got to learn how to be on my own, which I think is a skill that we should all hone. Um, at the end of the day, you only have yourself. Sad, but it's true. Um, but yeah, I did. I'm definitely a people person. I love company. I love love. I love being around people. So I really struggled with that at the start. Um, I spent most of my time in New York when I lived there on my own. Most of my time in Australia on my own. Most of my time in London and Germany on my own. So thank God for FaceTime and phones and emails and being able to keep in touch with people. But it's definitely not as glamorous as people assume it is. Um, and I think anyone in the arts industry who work in a job like mine, where you're not partner-based, it's not based on you and someone else or you and a group, it's just based on you. I think we'll all, we'll, we'll have all experienced a similar situation um, and have similar stories about that. So yeah, I mean, it does definitely affect your head. It affects your mental space because you don't have, when you get home from a casting that went badly, say based on your looks which usually it is let's be honest <laughs> my job they don't really care what i say i don't get paid to talk um so usually i you know you can come home to maybe a mom or a brother or a sister and vent where you don't get that when you're on your own so you'd come home and you might have a text from a loved ones but you don't want to be that person to be like i've had a shit day i need to talk to you, you don't want to vent too much it's easier to do it in person, whereas on the phone like they're taking time out of their day to take a phone call they don't want to listen to you give off so you end up isolating yourself further. You kind of go insular. Um, and I think that's where a lot of problems arise in my industry is people not having a place to go or a person to talk to. Um, so yeah, I definitely struggle with that. I'm a little bit better now, but I do have plans to travel again. So I need to get back into that strong place where I know I can, I can do it without it affecting me too badly. But I think we're all, we all have times we're on our own. Um, particularly during lockdown, I think people have experienced a whole new level of isolation. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I know I'm not on my own. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, like, it's just, it's so incredible to hear you say that because, like, I would have just assumed it's super glamorous. You're staying in five-star hotels. You're surrounded by people all the time. It's like, you know, no. and that's what... Oh, honey. Honey. Yeah. Honey. <laughs> Oh, I wish. No, I mean, there yeah, are times where I am in five-star hotels and it's amazing. But it's not, you know, that is like a small, small bit of it. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what maybe the last few, the, the last year has taught us is that, you know, we actually don't need a lot, but we, the small things matter more than we probably ever gave them credit for. So like you said, having someone to vent to in the evening is like everything, like absolutely everything. For and sure. Without that, that kind of isolation and like I and now like now I'm like feeling for every single model or anyone in this industry I'm like oh my god that is really tough that is and particularly as a young woman with a following you know with the pressure and again you said something there about you know you're not if you're not getting jobs it's it's because of what you look like and that that is like tough yeah that is really tough that's that's the that's the harsh reality of it yeah now I also yeah. have to hit home 
that it's not always about what you look like. As in, you have to remember a client has an idea. So they have like an idea in their head where they want their job to go. They want the shoot to go. They want a specific image. So you just don't fit that profile. It doesn't mean you're not good enough. It just means you don't look what they like the person they want you to look like. However, that's always like, you're, you try to tell yourself that. It's like when you read a, a text on your boyfriend's phone, you're like, that could be innocent. Or I could let my mind run wild. You know, like yeah. it's the same thing where you're, you're always your own worst enemy. And if you're having a bad day and a client says something where you don't get the job, of course you're gonna go home and go, it's my fault. I'm not good enough. It's, it's my skin, it's my hair, it's my anything. You know, you'll always pick on something. So I think we all need to remember that you're only as strong as your mind and your mind dictates everything you do. You're, you can only control yourself. So if you can try and at least put yourself in a better place mentally and physically, you know, you're doing better than a lot of people. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, there, there's, I, I read something in an article you read, like, um, were interviewed a few a few years ago and you said something that you're like you're a deep feeler and I could so relate to that because I'm like seriously empathetic and like, yeah. I feel all the good but also all the bad and like that's like added on top of the isolation and obviously there's lots of highs as well but I think you know we all ex expect the highs but it's the lows yes. that are really interesting and what make you so vulnerable and authentic and connect with so many people and I think you know, that kind of like empath thing, I clearly can see it comes out in all your different other things. Like, you know, like a lot of people were on to me and were like, Hannah, I loved her on Dancing with the Stars. They were like, she was just incredible. And like, how was that in compar comparison to like the modeling? How was that entire experience for you? I mean, it's a completely different world. Um, I hadn't really done a huge amount of TV beforehand. I'd done presenting and stuff, but I hadn't done anything where I was actually uh on a like on a platform or on a pedestal so it was a lot um i also adopted my first dog and moved to a new house <laughs> in the first two weeks i then also was traveling yeah. with work throughout it so i probably should have slowed down um i was very overwhelmed and i definitely didn't give it as much time and attention as i should have but it was fun and i mean i definitely learned a huge amount from it and i got a boyfriend out of it so i, mean, I feel like i did all right do you know what I mean? Like I did a decent yeah. job. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, TV is great, but I don't, you know, for the minute, I'm definitely going to try and focus on my career goals while I can. But <laughs> it's definitely an avenue I want to explore again, eventually. I just don't know when. We'll see. Yeah, I think what people loved about that is that they got to see a different side yeah. to you. And it was like, you know, you weren't just, now a picture on the like on, on the billboard not the wall on the billboard on the front on your bedroom you're into the picture in my bedroom yeah. <laughs> not anymore <laughs> that's a different conversation but on a billboard it's a, a thing it's like you know you are now someone who you know was like learning how to do all these things and, and like I saw that I think on Valentine's night you had a salsa um dance kind of thing that it was a Valentine's night or the yes. Friday before or something yeah like that, yeah we did it on which, Valentine's night which is great fun great fun so incredible and I think, you know, something that you talk about, um, and I think this is where your dogs come into it, is like, you are a big person on kind of this, like, I would, I would consider very holistic well-being and kind of the simple things and kind of the, the things that you love, you try to, that's what your Instagram is all about. It's like your dogs, your work with DSPCA, your kind of health, the kind of holistic side. Like, I'd love to hear 
how you got into that or, or your, your favorite parts of that. that. That whole thing to me is just fascinating. I think the whole thing about being an empath is I feel deeply about everything. If I see a, like a caterpillar on a leaf, I'm like, I wonder if he's cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder does he get hungry? He must eat leaves. No, like, <laughs> I'm ridiculous. Like Ryan calls me Attenborough because like, I'll be in the car and I'll be like, there's a buzzard. Oh, there's, there's a wood pigeon. He's like, tell it, shut up. Like, I just don't turn off. I'm always looking at animals and people. I can relate. Like, yeah. It's ridiculous. But I think mm -hmm. I used to have a lot of problems with food growing up as a model. So one day I was too thin. The next day I was too fat. The next day I wasn't toned enough. The next day I was too muscly. So I used to obviously look at food then as my problem and the only way I could sort that out. So I had a few issues with food and then I started going to the gym and I went to the gym too much and then I went to the gym too little. And it was, you know, I don't think I ever would say I had an, an eating disorder, but I definitely had issues around food. And I think a lot of women do because we're fed an image in the media and online about what you're supposed to look like and what you're supposed to eat to obtain your goal. You know, we all have seen it. We've all probably bitten into it at some point um mine just hit home a little bit more because when I started to lose weight that's when people were like oh we want her she's she's great she should be on you know she should be doing this job so it definitely there's definitely a, a negative association there but that was years ago now things have changed thankfully um <laughs> but I think when my food issue started to slow slowly die away a little bit was when I went vegan so I stopped eating meat so the guilt that I felt, I kind of managed to put that into an avenue of you felt guilty because you were killing animals. And then I started to slowly take the guilt away from the food source and, you know, take my guilt away from it being bread or carbs or whatever. And instead, look at them as they are sources of energy and fuel for you that do not affect other animals or other beings on this planet. So I managed to kind of shift my guilt that way. And... <laughs> inevitably you start to look at other things as well like you know meditation looking inward um and looking at yourself internally as opposed to what you look like physically and i think that gave me a big push towards being happier with myself and not relying on my physicalities as much as i used to and as much as i gave my job credit for as well so i gave my job too much credit for that um, and yeah, that's kind of where that started. And then I've always loved animals. I, I, there's pictures of me as a kid, just like running after some random dog on the beach. Like it's just, I've, I've always been this person. Um, and I adopted my first dog at 21. And I now have two lunatics that I love dearly, but that's where my, I got them both from DSPCA. So that's where the kind of charity ambassadorship worked into my life during Dads with the Stars. and. Yeah, I'm still, thankfully, their ambassador. And I just, I, lo yeah, I love the whole team. I love everyone. I love everything about animal yeah. welfare. So everyone who works in, in, you know, in saving animals' lives, kudos to you, because it's not easy. Well, and I think there, there's, it's just so, it's so important, I think, maybe to like feedback to you. It's like, you know, you were at the start, you were like, oh, I'm just this person. You are so much more than that. Like, it's just incredible. Like, and I just love seeing people in, in positions of, you know, um influence i guess as a model or influencer people with followers it's like you're just and it's not even like you're just like tying with a charity because it's like because it look makes you look better it's like i can see how excited you are by talking about the caterpillar on the leaf oh yeah it's like, like so wholesome it's, it's 
it is, it, yeah. it's beyond a joke at this point. Like on my laptop, I only have one bookmark on Google Chrome when it's a DSPCA website. It's the only, not my email, it's not my agency, no. any of my agencies. It is the DSPCA, that's my number one bookmark. So if that's any indication. Yeah, and I think, you know, for, for you mentioned, you know, talking about like the food and kind of body image and stuff like that. And I think that's like, it might be something possibly to touch on briefly. It's like, you know, there, there's a lot of pressure and I guess coming, beginning to come out of lockdown, like I started to see the memes or whatever saying, you know, this is X amount of weeks to lose, yeah. this amount of weight to look like this. And I think it's so important to speak into that because it's yes. like, again, it's fed by this perfectionism and comparison culture and particularly in women. Like that is, it's just, this is just like, there are so many more important things like the animals and DSVCA or each other to worry about. Yeah. But for some yeah. reason, well, the thing is, sadly, physicality cells, being skinny cells, um, losing weight cells. And I follow, I'm sure you know Louise McSharry from RT from 2FM. So, yeah, she's an incredible human being. Um, and through watching her stories, I've learned that you know, the job that I'm in and using my body as a tool to make money is harmful for so many people. But also it doesn't mean that everyone's gonna look like me. I'm not gonna look like Kendall Jenner. You're not gonna look like Gigi Hadid. We're, no one's gonna look the same, but we need to stop putting pressure on people to lose weight, to be a certain size. You know, I've put on nine kilos since lockdown and not once has anyone said you need to lose the weight because i haven't put it out there where i said mm, time to lose the weight and i would have been one of those people years ago going shit i lost you know i need i need to lose this weight again but at the end of the day your weight isn't the most important thing it's your it's how healthy you are and how you know your mind and your body are working to make you perform as the best person you can be so i think when when you start putting so much pressure on how much you weigh, you know, there's so much more going on in your mind that you do not know about yet. And you should really try and assess yourself before you start, you know, hitting the gym or, you know, cutting calories, because that's not going to make you happy. You'll lose some weight, but it's never going to be enough. You know, it's a toxic cycle. And yeah. there are amazing people in this planet who are fat. In inver I'm not going to use that term negatively, um, but you know you don't have to be skinny to succeed in life. Yeah. So just remember that yeah. losing weight is not an end goal. If you need to lose weight for your health, fair enough, but never ever use it as a get out of jail free card because you're not going to get happiness with weight loss. It's not going to happen. You know it's very toxic. Oh, that that is so, that hit me in the field. So I'm just <laughs> like you know. I just think it's like you know. It's so important uh, and this kind of like, you, you can never say it enough and it's like, people are like, it's repetitive, it's cringy. It's like, no, it's not. This is so important because there are still women out there, you know, who don't think they're good enough, who are comparing, who are yeah. trying to lose weight for X, Y, Z. And it's like, no, it, it should really be about health. And I guess the whole like topic of this kind of like, you know, these series we're having is kind of bringing it back to self-love mm. and like, and like, you know, just uh, uh, particularly as women, it's like, you know, we are like almost programmed to compete against each other. And I think what we're now seeing, particularly over the last year, which has get me so excited, is like women supporting women and genuinely following through. Like girls coming out like yourself who are like, yeah, 
I'm on these billboards and I, you think that this is it, but actually my favorite part of the day is when I'm running around in the mouth of the dogs. And like, that is so relatable. It's like, oh my God, it's, it's just so, and the thing is you can, like I said at the beginning, it's like, I think we're almost so like, conform to think that we're like one dimensional it's like you can be that person and this person and everyone in between oh, yeah. if and when you decide women are exactly. capable if not more capable yeah. than men we can be anything you want like you can be anything you want to be absolutely you can be president if you want to you just have to work hard enough at it you know i think we're going against the grain finally we're starting to fight back for our rights yes we have our right to vote we have our rights you know to be a worker in the family. You don't necessarily have to follow the, you know, conformative rules of being a woman anymore. But we still have to fight for our right to be non-competitive and non-judgmental to other women because that's the way society has made us be. They've, society has made us go against the other woman because it's easier. And it also means that you can, you know, people can profit off of weight loss tablets, you know, hair extensions, fake nails, fake everything because women compete to be the best version of themselves. Because if they're not good enough, if they're not that girl they see on the television or on, you know, uh, in a magazine, they're not gonna be good enough to, I don't know, work in Tesco. You don't have to look great. If you have a job, you should be so proud of yourself. Being, having a job is so hard. You know, having yeah. to work for yourself and make a living to sustain life is so hard. So just pat yourself on the back for that and stop looking at other people and assuming that because they have a better nose than you, that they're a happier person. It's not true. Um, That's not how it's measured. Yeah, for sure. So it's easier said than done. Don't get me wrong. And we all have days where it's so much easier to pit yourself against another woman. But I do think you're right in saying that it's maybe, hopefully, a dying, you know, thing. Please, God. And I think it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the... It, 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 it's been we've learned it for hundreds of years and it's going to take a long time to do it but yeah. the more we talk about it and have these conversations and even like for me it's like you know you have to catch yourself sometimes and I will be such someone who's like is so supportive of women but sometimes I'm like oh my gosh did I just judge her on fairy oh, yeah. <laughs> and you start calling yourself and you're like as the empath as we are it's like oh god and then you start you know and it's a lot to handle but I think you know maybe one of the core messages from this conversation is like you know every little bit of counts and also it's like this this destination happiness doesn't exist no one is happier than someone else like on instagram it, it's it's we have to remember what it is the platform to share your highlights and yeah i also you know? think any person you meet like particularly the older generation who've lived their lives they'll always tell you it's the journey not about the final destination it's how you got there when you get there you're just going to want more that's the way life is that's how we as human beings thrive. But I also do feel that people take advantage of their, you know, take advantage of their journey because they live their whole lives trying to be their best self when actually your best self is the person you are every day. Cause you're never gonna, we're never gonna be this person again. We get this opportunity every day to be the best version of ourselves. And like you said earlier, no, you, like of course there's gonna be days where you look at someone and you go, she got a lips done. I mean, why do I care? Why am I judging her for that? But we do, that's, it's, in, it's instilled within us. And particularly as Irish people, as much as I adore my heritage, but we are intrinsically just judgmental people. And we pass it off as comedy. 
And I do it all the time. I slag people literally like that. I slag people quicker than I, you know, go to get a, gl a glass of water. I just do it. And I know I always will. Um, yeah. And most of the time people are the butt of my jokes. And do I hate myself for it? No, I will apologize. I will never try to cause offense. Actually, to be honest, I take the piss out of myself more than anyone else. But there's a fine line between joking and then it being a little bit more of a, a jab. So like you said, don't put pressure on yourself. If you're having a day where someone else's looks really get you down, that's fine. Let them look at yourself and go, why is that happening? Is it maybe because I'm not happy in my job? Is it maybe because, you know, I'm fighting my boyfriend and I don't know why? Is it maybe because of something else? <laughs> then you'll start to learn where the real truth lies. It's not that person's lips that offend you. It's something Same about here. yourself. So yeah, I think that's probably the strongest message in the self-love series is don't deflect your self-hatred or your self-anger at someone else. Instead, try and look, like, I mean, I should be taking my own advice, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this like I'm some sort of new- We all But like, you do need to, you know, evaluate yourself um, before you start judging others because it's just toxic. I think we've all been there. I know I have. Um, and I've never walked out of it a happier person. So <laughs> that's always a good tell, I think. It's a good telltale sign that something's not right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's so true. And it's just, again, it's so refreshing because I agree with everything you're saying. And it's like, I just think, you know, there's a responsibility of, of everyone at the moment to just kind of like step into this realization. It's like, okay, I'm not perfect. I never will be. I don't have to be. But mm -hmm. my, my, like that person, that woman's beauty isn't taken away from my own and her success. And particularly when it comes to like business and entrepreneurial and like, it's like, you know, she can do really well. And so can I, and actually, you know what? We probably could do well together if we helped each other. <laughs> so good. And so true so true no, you know someone else's measure of success does not mean that you cannot achieve it you just have to go your own way you know get into your lane stop trying to bloody get into theirs get into your own lane see what you want yes. to do and fight for it don't fight other people because you are not happy fight for what you want you know that's the only place you should put your energy again i should be taking my own advice 100 percent. but it's you can rewatch this later <laughs> But I, I think it's one of those things where it's like, it's just so incredible to be, I'm just adoring this conversation. Oh, me too. I don't like, want it to end. Sorry, people, you can all leave if you want, but I'll be here for the rest of the night. <laughs> no, well, you see, it's just amazing because for me, it's like, you know, you know, like, and I think back to like, and we all, like you said, we all do. Like, I think, you know, this, this, like yourself, this incredible woman, she's got so much different things going on, all these different things. And I'm like, I would love to be like her, but it's like, actually, you might want to be like her. That, that's the inspiration part, but it's like, why don't, why don't we, why don't I be like me yeah. and then see how that yeah. And I just think, you know, that's the, that's the twist of the conversation where it's like, hold on, you know, and it's the same with health. It's the same with business. It's the same with like mental health. It's like, you know, we're so, we're so used to being like, oh, well, this is the golden nugget and I'll do whatever it takes to get here. And then you get there and you're like, oh, uh, I'm not happy and I still want more. And you're probably <laughs> hungry and tired and sore and miserable because we're sold an idea of perfection. But I can guarantee you these people on Instagram who are posing and looking amazing, they're not happy. And if they are happy, fucking fair play to them because I wouldn't be if I was yeah. in that situation because I know what the pressure is like to be one of those people. So the grass is never greener. 
You know, it's the perfect <laughs> phrase in this situation. But is this not exactly what self-love is? Self-love is yeah. starting to realize that you yourself are one in a million. There's no other person on this planet who is you. No one. Yeah. So why on earth are you fighting to be someone else? You know, you may or may not love yourself. And I know we all go through phases where we don't. And then we go through phases where we feel ourselves and we love ourselves. <laughs> but at the end of the day, someone is always going to look at you and go, I wish I could be them. So why on earth are you fighting to be someone else? Instead, turn around and go, no, you don't wish to be my, you don't want to, you don't want to be me. You want to be you and you want to be the best version of yourself. And that yeah. is self-love. And it's also fucking hard. It's really hard to love yourself. But until you do, nothing is going to be as amazing as it can be. Or also as you want it to be. Because we want things that are probably not all that easy to obtain. But you can do it. You just got to start to love I, yourself. I think I have a, a, a what's it called? A, a wall of quotes here, right? And the one that I have is like, it's like my saying, it's be your own hero. And for me, like, I have that drilled into me every single day because like, you know, like we're, we're it's just, I just, it's exactly what you just said. It's like, be your own hero, yeah. not someone else's hero. And again, it's like, we have no idea all the amazing things that people are saying about us because we're so focused on everything that we're not measuring up just enough. And it's like, you know, you don't have, a, none of us have any idea the, the positive impact we have on other people because again, is this Irish culture where we just, you know, we're the first person to like talk behind someone's back or yeah. slag them, but we really say, oh my God, like, I love your hair. I love this about you. I think you're making a big impact because it's like almost like not cool to be kind yeah. in that kind of way. And I think that's beginning to unravel the more we're having conversations like this and we're beginning to realize, you know, we just spent a year in lockdown. All I want to do anyway is like this and talk to people and communicate on a level that's way more than superficial and, and see how incredible that can be, you know? For sure. And I think, I think lockdown in two, three years is going to be the best thing that happened to us because I think it's forced people to look inside themselves. And when you take away the madness and the busyness of your lives where, you know, you spend your life on the road trying to get to a destination that's not gonna actually get there, then you start to see, okay, well, I've spent this much time by myself. How capable am I of achieving the goals I wanted to achieve, but I never really realized or knew how to? We're all gonna go into the world going, I actually am pretty great. I got through a year <laughs> sitting in my house, yeah. not doing anything. Yeah. I think that I'm probably not, you know, I'm probably a little bit too hard on myself. And that again, is gonna show you how capable you are of greatness. We're all capable of it, but it's also not easy. You know, yeah. all the things that you want in life, the greatest things are never ever easy. You have to fight for them. I'm probably to be honest, self-love is the hardest. Because looking inwardly is the hardest thing to do. Yeah, I think it's just, I don't know, like this conversation, I just think it's just so, so powerful. I'm going to be sharing with everyone I know. But like, <laughs> honestly, all, all, all my, all like, I, the younger people I know from school, I'm going to be like, guys, listen, you need to listen to this. But coming kind of towards the end, there's a few different questions we ask yes. all our guests, just to kind of get yes. a feel for, feel for this. So what kind of advice would you have given to pre pandemic Talia what would you have said to her slow down slow down yeah and I would only say that because I've been forced to <laughs> you know <laughs> um, I think I 
felt like I needed to be working every day to be worth being on this planet. That was my mentality back then. And I was on, I used to leave my house at six in the morning. I wouldn't get home till half eight in the evening. I'd get up and I'd be up at 5.30 the next day to go to work. And yes, there's something good in that, but I wasn't necessarily fighting for what I wanted or going to work to do what I wanted. I was doing it because I felt I had to. So now because of lockdown, I've kind of gone, okay, yeah, we all need to make money and that's an important thing, but mm -hmm. am I doing mm -hmm. it in the right way? And am I spreading myself too thinly? And in the end, in, you know, resulting in not actually achieving anything that I wanted to. Um, so definitely I think my advice to myself would be slow down and focus on the end goal, not what you're looking to do instantly. You know, you know, try and adhere yourself to what you really want in the end and try and focus on that instead of just kind of get, getting by every day is bigger than that and I think you know like one question we ask all our guests is like in a sentence or two what does self-love mean to you I think self-love means to me pushing yourself to be in uncomfortable for a while to achieve what you never thought possible because it's not easy to love yourself and I don't even know if I love myself yet but I think I'm getting there um and instead of fighting myself and fighting that feeling of why is it you feel that way or why is it that affects you that way? Um, I'm starting to realize that, you know, it's not someone else's fault. And even if it is, if it is someone else's comment or um, opinion over me, why is it annoying me so much? Because realistically, if someone's taking the time, they're either are concerned or they're an asshole. And you can't control that, you know? So Either the only person you yeah. can control is yourself and your emotional reaction towards something and your physical reaction. So why put so much energy into what someone else has said? Instead, focus on what you feel about that and how you're gonna respond. And in that way, I think that's what self-love is. Yeah. I think. Uh, amazing. <laughs> No, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I, 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 I also do face masks and hair masks because your skin and hair. Oh yeah. Need oh yeah. Too. Yeah. Love. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess you know you mentioned Louise, I think Louise McSharry from Two FM. Yeah. Like, have you got any other accounts that you follow at the moment, like two or three, that kind of help foster that kind of sense of self love in you? Tara Stewart, good friend of mine. I think she's an amazing person, amazing. and I just love her honesty. Um, Erica Cody. Also another good friend of mine who fights for equality and rights for women and for every single ethnicity. Um, mm -hmm. Who else do I love? God, I hate when things hit me left to center. I'm like, oh, where, what? And I'm not sure to be honest. I mean, I do tend to think of Instagram in a negative light, but there are also amazing things on Instagram. Um, mm -hmm. I think to be honest, like the dodo, where like you know who share all the dog videos on stuff because it okay. takes me away from looking at images that make me feel bad about myself which they shouldn't we've had that discussion um and puts me back on track to there's so much thing more on the planet that are more important than your split ends so just stop freaking out about them for a minute and look at this cat who's got one leg and is now you know in its forever home like that is for me that brings me back it's like a little smack back into reality and um yeah 
I would have to say they're my th the weirdest three. Tara and Eric are going to be like, cool. <laughs> well, honestly, like I have just thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Like I thought you were incredible before I came on, and now I'm just like this this girl. Like she is just. <laughs> <laughs> literally I'm literally like oh my god I'm fangirling so hard but it's like you know you have so much going going for you and you represent I think kind of the beginning of of the top of the women supporting women you know the, the the people being really authentic the people who are this and that and everything in between whenever they want to be because they get to decide and all these different things <laughs> and it's just so incredible to you know to hear your thoughts on such really important topics of like everything to do with self-love so as on behalf of social mind ireland i am just so grateful for you taking the time on your wednesday i was gonna say friday it's wednesday night <laughs> and thank you just for joining us you have just been such a ray of sunshine. who knows who knows who knows but you, you have been such a ray of sunshine and thank you so much for joining us and yeah you are just keep thank doing what you're doing because i really think you're making a difference okay see you later guys thank you so much bye thank you darling bye. thank you